Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're going to Good morning, good morning. It is Wednesday, October the 12th, 2022. I'm Carmen LaBerge. Good morning and welcome to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. I know it's only Wednesday, but I do have a farm report. So the Friday farm report early on Wednesday morning. First of all, it rained for the first time in more than two months here in uh, Middle Tennessee where I live. It rained. And so I'm praising and thanking God for I mean, it's not a lot of rain, but, you know, the ground is wet. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, and then a little bit of a um, early Halloween greeting when I opened the door this morning. I have two dogs. Uh, one of them is Sassy. She's a little over 12 years old, and she's um, she's like the color of a Werther's candy. She's a little, you know, butterscotchy looking little thing. And then Millie, the Molinator, um, Millie is white with um, little flecks of black. Now, her skin is actually black under her fur, so I don't know. Those of you who are dog experts probably know something about that. But anyway, I, uh, Millie is not red, suffice it to say. And when I opened the door this morning, Millie is red. Not from head to toe, but um, she's definitely like got red all like as if, mm-hmm, yeah, something bit her ear. Let's just say that something bit her ear. That is where the blood is coming from. And and then she like shook her ear. Right. And so she's like speckled with red over her whole body. And then her whole head is red because obviously you know, your ears bleed a lot when something bites them. So that's what I'll be doing later today. <clears throat> dealing with that. So there you go. There's a little, uh, you know, hello. Good morning. What happened to you when you opened your door this morning? It was a little early Halloween greeting at my house. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 46 and 47. We're just continuing on in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and, you know, again, these are these are challenging teachings of the Lord in terms of how he is uh, commanding us as his followers to live in a very countercultural way. So if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? I mean, even corrupt tax collectors do that much. But if you're kind only to your friends, then how are you different from anyone else? I mean, even pagans do that. So the question here is, how are you different from anyone else? As a Christian, how are you different from the culture of which you are a part? If you're just going with the flow or following the spirit of the age um, in which you live, you know, then are you really standing up, representing Christ? Are you serving as an authentic ambassador of the king and the kingdom in the midst of the kingdoms of this world? So the world should be able to tell that we're different, right? They should know that we're different. How so? By our love. I mean, that's the, that's the conversation being had here. If you love only those who love you, so this is a conversation about love, follows on the heels of the command to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And so um, we talk about being people marked by love, differentiated by love. What does that look like? Words of love, attitudes of love, actions of love, a tone of love, a demeanor of love. Demeanor is an interesting word, right? 
you know, our demeanor as Christians is not supposed to be meaner than everyone else, but quite the contrary. Like, we're supposed to be lovelier, more gracious, slow to anger, not taking offense, not causing offense, humble, forgiving, helping. If you love only those who love you, then how are you any different from anybody else? And so we need to look at the the character quality of love demonstrated by Jesus and the reality of the character of God who is love. Jesus loves us when we are yet sinners. God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, while we were still at enmity with God, literally God's enemies, Christ died for us. That's how the world will know that we are his disciples. If we demonstrate the kind of abundant, gracious, sacrificial, passionate love that God lavishes upon us in Christ Jesus, our Lord, being humbly mindful that when we were yet sinners at enmity with God, Jesus died for us. Hey, it's harvest time. So what's the word of God have to say about the harvest? And how do we... How do we move um, from receiving the Bible as the living word of God to actually living the word of God today? Pastor Daryl Crouch is going to join us next to explore the question of the harvest of righteousness that God is cultivating right now in and among us. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now, Daryl Crouch. He serves with Everyone's Wilson. You can uh, you can find Everyone's Wilson and what they're up to at Everyone's. You got to put the plural in there. Everyone's Wilson. Typing it in now. dot com. dot com. Mm-hmm. Everyone's Wilson. dot com. Daryl, good morning. Hey, dot org. It's dot org, dot org. Carmen. Yeah, you know, it didn't okay. come up fast enough. My computer, I'm yeah. slow. It didn't come up fast enough. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. I don't appreciate any of that. That's great. Uh, I appreciate that. Hey, um, how's the city where you serve? Like, right? This should be where we start. How's the city where we where you serve? And um, and how's God demonstrating his love uh, among people there? Well, there's, I mean, that's a great question. There's a lot of unity. I, there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of people working together to do great things. Uh, our churches, I think, are feeling some sense of uh, encouragement um, in a post-COVID. I know we don't uh, that doesn't come up as much as it did a few months ago, but uh, I think there's new rhythms that uh, churches are finding. Uh, more specifically, this a lot of kids, a lot of schools are on fall break, so it's a sleepy town. Um, this week, but um, but these are these are really important times for us. But we see businesses, we see nonprofits, we see churches uh, doing some really good stuff together, and um, that's very encouraging to me. All right, so the fields are ripe for harvest. I'm thinking here maybe of John chapter four. Um, we we know that we are God intends for there to be a harvest of righteousness cultivated among us. There's harvest language throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament and certainly harvest language in Revelation. There's the reaping and the sowing. Um, there's a you know season for everything. Maybe we talk this morning about harvest, the harvest theme in the, in the Bible, maybe some harvest verses in our effort to you know move from receiving the Bible as the living Word of God to actually living the Word of God in the world today. 
It's really good. I, you know, the the Bible uses a, a lot of word pictures for us, and it's not uncommon throughout the Scripture, which span thousands of years, and and it's uh, writing and recording. But uh, to use agricultural terms to apply spiritual principles, obviously Jesus did that uh, a lot, and I think the the theme or the the word and the idea of the harvest is one that Jesus used repeatedly. Paul uses it later as he's uh, writing to the Corinthians. And um, I, I think it's an important, as, as you mentioned, uh, uh, it's mentioned in Revelation as well as as uh, the consummation of the ages. And so I think it's important to say, to say a few things. First, um, the harvest is a reminder, and you mentioned this about the, the rain and the, 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 the water that's on the ground today, but, you know, that God is our provider. There is a... Uh, the harvest is a reminder that there are rhythms in creation that God has built in, that there are some things that are very predictable. And uh, he has reminded us in the changing of the seasons that he is faithful and that he is good and that he provides, um, not just for Christians, but he provides uh, for everyone. There are principles, the principle of the sower, that you you reap what you sow, and that's true for everyone. And uh, if you put a a tomato plant in the ground, uh, it'll it'll yield tomatoes in a few weeks. And uh, you put a you, you you put seed in the ground, and it yields a harvest in a few weeks and a few months sometimes. And so I think uh, to begin with, uh, the harvest is an incredible reminder to us that God is faithful through the seasons. And that he is our provider and we depend on him. And we can talk about some spiritual applications as you want to, but I think that's a really good and important place to start. Yeah, that's really good. I, I'm, I'm thinking here, you know, principles of seed and sower and soil and weeds and yield yeah. um, and abundance and the yeah. differentiation of, um, you know, like fruit inspection, maybe I'll call it that, and laborers and um, culture gardening. Yeah something we like to talk about here from time to time. Yeah. All right, we're going to continue our conversation on this harvest theme with Pastor Daryl Crouch. You can find what he's working on at everyoneswilson.org. When you think about the harvest, when you think about um, passages of Scripture that God brings to mind in terms of the harvest, you know, what what is God bringing to mind right now? Is it is it seed and soil or sower passages? Is it weeds and wheat? Is it... Um, you know, a yield, a cultivation of um, of righteousness in your life? Is it a fruit inspection conversation from Galatians chapter 6? Is it the end time harvest? I'm talking about, you know, not only the laborers in the here and now, um, but the ultimate um, harvest that God intends to bring unto himself. Like, what comes to mind when you think about God's word and the theme of harvest? You can always text me during the show, 877-933-2484. We'll continue this conversation in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine? Search Susie Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. Here's to the farmer, the plants, the fields, and the spring that turn from green to bad. Honey, hold one up for the banker down. 
All right, today's the day. National Farmer's Day. Whoop, whoop. I don't know. Find a farmer, hug a farmer, honk as you pass a farmer, wave to a farmer. My grandpa Benefiel, like, if there was a farmer out in the field, he would pull the truck over. It didn't really matter where we were going, whether or not there was really time for this. He wanted to wait until that guy got, you know, got to that end of the field on his tractor or his combine or whatever he was doing and have a conversation with that guy. You know, what are you planting? Where are you? How's... How's things going? How's things growing? You know, what is, I mean, on and on and on. So there you go. In the spirit of Holland Benefiel, my grandpa, um, pull over today when you see, uh, you know, somebody plowing a field or cultivating and, you know, wave them down, encourage them, bless them, stop at a farmer's market, all the good things. And hey, if you are a farmer, God bless you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whatever you're raising, just recognize that um, the world is utterly dependent on the way God is working through your hands and your heart um, to bring forth a harvest that then feeds the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, if you're going to eat today, thank a farmer. Um, Daryl Crouch is here. We're talking about the harvest theme in Scripture. We've talked um, you know, across, uh, across the theme, but if you're looking for specific passages of Scripture where you could you know, really dig into this, get your concordance out, look up the word harvest. Um, you're going to find Exodus 23, 16, Jeremiah 5, 24, and 8, 20, Joel 3, 13, Matthew's chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 9, Luke uh, chapter 10, Galatians 6 and 8, John chapter 4, 2 Corinthians 9, I mean, on and on and on, Revelation 14, 15. Daryl, let's talk a little bit about the spiritual application here. When you think of the, um, you know, the harvest theme, I suppose we could have a spiritual conversation about, um, you know, our hearts as good soil for uh, the planting of the Word of God. Um, we can also talk about the harvest of righteousness that God is really looking for in terms of the good fruit of our lives. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I I think about uh, Jesus looking, uh, you know, across the crowd and saying, "Hey, the the." The harvest is plentiful. The mm-hmm. the workers are few, and then the, this he saw people uh, as um, with promise. He saw uh, he looked at them with compassion, and um, I think sometimes in our particular present day, I think sometimes Christians um, it's kind of a us no us us foreign no more, and and we have this scarcity mentality uh, about souls. And Jesus did not have that mentality. He said, "It's the, the harvest is plentiful. There's abundance. There are souls that are ripe. There are people who are ready to respond to the gospel. There are people who will receive um, the love of Christ that you share with them. There are opportunities for you to live out your faith in the public square or in your sphere of influence, whether it's in your in your uh, occupation or in your home or your neighborhood or on the on your uh, children's uh, ball teams or wherever that's at. And uh, those folks are more receptive. Those folks are more eager to hear about Jesus, to uh, follow Jesus with you than maybe you are to uh, to invite them to do so. And I think uh, Jesus, uh, the, the harvest reminds us that there is abundance that God is the God of abundance, and uh, that there are opportunities that we have uh, in sharing our faith, in living out our faith. And um, I'm, I'm reminded also with this theme, Carmen, that that uh, Jesus, again, he, he was 
he thought in terms of abundance. Sometimes Christians can be a little pessimistic about things. And uh, this is a wonderful time. Uh, the harvest is a great reminder that, um, that God's our provider and that we should be the most optimistic people on the planet. Because we can count on the fact that what has been, what is sown in righteousness, uh, seeds of peace that are sown bring a harvest of peace, and and that there is a, a a faithfulness of God that we can depend on as we follow Him. And so sometimes we have a defeatism kind of mentality that that undermines or really sabotages our witness, sabotages our joy, you know, steals our joy in ways that. Um, that dulls our, our ability to, to make him known uh, in, the, in the community around us or in the world. And so I think the harvest is a reminder, hey, hey good things are coming, and God is at work. And um, pessimism, pessimism and defeatism really don't have a, a really very uh, a good place here. And uh, certainly not everyone will receive the gospel, and there are many things that need a, a attention and uh, righteousness in the public square, we, we have great need for that. But uh, God is doing a good work, and uh, we should be encouraged because harvest harvest is coming. So one of the places um, where you can turn today in the Word of God to read a passage related to what um, Daryl's just discussing, you could go to uh, you know chapter 4 of the Gospel of John, you're going to think there immediately, oh, that's the, that's the encounter of Jesus with the woman of Samaria at the well. And you're going to say, I'm thinking there that's a passage about living water. I'm thinking there that's a passage about Jesus um, choosing to go through Samaria instead of around it. I'm thinking that's a passage about, um, you know, Jesus, a Jewish man, uh, not only meeting with, but talking with and receiving from and sharing with, you know, a woman um, who he really shouldn't have been talking to in terms of the cultural standards of the day. Um, I'm thinking about the teaching there of Jesus saying to the disciples, I've got, you know, I've got food to eat that you don't even know about um, because my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me to accomplish his work. But these verses that um, are in uh, John chapter 4, beginning at verse 35, turn us toward this conversation related to harvest. Jesus says, do not say, There are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes. See the fields. They're white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds, one sows and the other reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor and others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Um, and so, I mean, you know, there's these, there are these harvest themes in Scripture, sometimes um, a little difficult to understand when Jesus is talking in these word pictures. Um, and we live sometimes, Daryl, such a distance from, um, from the agricultural realities uh, of the people that Jesus was uh, talking directly with in the first century. But there's a lot of people listening right now who are, you know, a part of uh, the, the, the process somewhere, the agricultural or, you know, process of getting food um, distributed uh, to all of us, cultivated for all of us. Um, And so I think that appreciating those who are laboring actually in these ways uh, in the harvest cycle is kind of fun this time of year. And it's a wonderful opportunity to, for us to be mindful of these very organic connections that Jesus makes between the realities of, um, 
you know, an arboreal life, an, an agricultural life, a life that's very, very connected to the earth and its produce um, and our lives as well. Well, it really is. And agriculture is still the major driver of the economy of the state where you and I live and yeah. in most states in the United States. And so uh, there are a lot of farmers. Obviously, technology has has uh, given them opportunities to scale, but uh, we can learn a lot and uh, from from those who till the soil. And uh, some of us are very impatient uh, just by nature. We want to see results immediately. We do want to reap what we have sown. And um, Jesus reminds us that the farmer, he puts that, he puts that seed in the ground and then uh, he, he walks away. Obviously, he, he weeds the, the garden and he tends to it. But um, there's something that happens uh, when a seed breaks down in the soil and it begins to germinate and begins to, um, to do what it does to produce. And God does that. And I think for for many of us to to uh, be reminded that um, God works in His time, and He is working in ways we cannot see, but that because we cannot see it does not mean we uh, should not or sh- should not be be faithful to continue to cultivate and sow and tend to the garden that God's given to us, and and to continue to pour into the lives of the people around us. Even when we don't see him working, we know that he is, and uh, there is a harvest coming, and we may not see it, we may not get to reap it, or we may reap those that you know other people have sown, but um, there is something that's happening in the life of a farmer in his routines and his her rhythms every day that um, are a great model for us to be faithful, to trust God and to reap the harvest that he gives us to reap. All right. There's actually this uh, really cool calendar online called uh, pick, pick your, PickYourOwn.org, and there's a calendar there for what's being harvested, not only in every state in the nation, but in some places around the world. And we have a friend online right now who has said, my friend and her husband are harvesting in Albania today. Now, this is not a... Wow. Uh, a crop harvest. They are missionaries, and right now they're holding a conference with spiritual leaders from 70 different churches around the world, coming together to learn and to grow, um, cultivating the spirit among uh, among one another. People coming from underground churches in Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and more. Praise God for the laborers he is sending out to the harvest today. Amen, amen, and amen. amen. Um, so, so wonderful. Uh, Daryl, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Um, what a wonderful reflection on Jehovah Jireh, our provider. God is the gardener, um, the seed, the soil, the harvest of righteousness. Um, just such a wonderful, um, wonderful uh, conversation. We really appreciate you being with us. I always love it. God bless. Likewise. That's Daryl Crouch. You can find him at everyoneswilson.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Hey, hope still comes in the morning. Um, what are you hoping for today? Where do you need a little encouragement and hope today? Hope still comes in the morning. God is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. What new mercy do you need from the Lord today? I encourage you to just turn to him and say, Lord, I need you. Oh, I mean, I need you. Every hour I need you, and I need you this hour 
in these specific ways for these specific concerns. Um, maybe it's a concern about something that you know, you, you know, you are anticipating is going to happen today, right? Like we've made our plans, um, and now we're going to ask the Lord to direct our steps. Maybe there's a relationship where you really need God to bring some substantial healing, and you're just, you know, you just need to turn to Him and ask for that. Like, what's the new mercy you need today? Maybe you need um, a fresh outpouring of God's Holy Spirit into your own life. Like, you know, maybe you're in a dry place. Maybe you're feeling kind of spiritually parched. Maybe this is a wilderness period for you. You know, just turn to the Lord. God will draw near to you if you draw near to him. I can testify to that in my own life. Um, and let me also say that, you know, I mean, I can, I can testify about this because of a recent experience, right? But anxiety is a waste of time. It just... It just is. And yet I know we experience it, right? We experience it uh, in some moments and we experience it in some seasons and we experience it in relation to um, some experiences in our life. But let me just testify, just if you're feeling anxious today, cast that anxiety on him. Like God is good and faithful um, and able to uh, carry and shoulder that burden in ways that you, we just need to ask. We just need to ask. So um, there you go. I don't know, little uh, thought to, for today on the subject of hope being new every morning and um, and mercies being available right now. Mark Terman is going to join us next from the Denison Forum. Um, when you think about the work you do, maybe it's volunteer work, maybe it is work for pay, maybe you are at an age and stage of life where you know, you're privileged to be serving others um, in ways that, you know, 10 years ago you couldn't even have imagined. Christians um, out there serving uh, vocationally and avocationally face real challenges in the culture um, in terms of our worldview. And we're going to talk about a brother in Christ who has recently lost his job because he attends a church that talks about male-female cre- creation and male-female marriage and the sanctity of human life. Would you sacrifice your job in order to keep going to your church? Hmm. That's up next on Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now, Mark Terman from the Denison Forum. Encourage you to check out resources available at denisonforum.org. The the daily article is something that I rely on and encourage you to check out as well. Mark, welcome back. Hey, good morning, Carmen. Great to be with you. How are you? It's I'm I am well. It is Pastor Appreciation Month, and so in just a minute, we're going to um, talk about the stress that pastors are under. And I'm going to ask you, as a person who served for many years in pastoral ministry, to help us reflect on how to show appreciation to our pastors this month. But I'd like to start with a conversation about a brother in Christ named Andrew, um, who lives in Australia. Can you um, can you brief us in on what's going on with our brother Andrew? Yeah, incredible story that came out over the last few days. Uh, Andrew Thornburn was hired to be the chief chief executive officer of an Australian football or what we would call soccer league, the club called Essendon. And uh, after taking the job, there were reports that emerged that he was, in fact, and and I think joyfully so, the lay 
the lay board chairman of his church called City on a Hill. And this church has uh, a gracious ministry, but is also very biblically anchored and uh, has spoken clearly in its history about the biblical view of sexuality. And uh, some people picked up on the church's teaching and his, uh, his leadership within the church and basically put pressure on the soccer team uh, to the point where uh, he could no longer keep his employment. And uh, he makes a statement in the conversation that, you know, I had to choose whether I would be loyal to my faith and loyal to my Lord or loyal to my job. And I chose my faith over my job. And that's just a, a powerful example of where uh, some of the activistic agenda is going in our culture, apparently. So we want to um, encourage you to be praying for Andrew and others like him, um, uh, you know, here in the United States, but also around the world. And then, you know, really consider, like, am, am I involved enough in my church that my church membership might actually become an issue or be at issue? Um, or am I hiding that from those around me? And, and if so... Um, what does that say about my conviction as a Christian and my influence in the culture where God has sent me as his ambassador? I mean, there's some just some uh, deep thinking and conversations that we can have that grow out of uh, of conversations when somebody does lose their job because of their faith. Um, speaking of that, when we talk about churches and we talk about churches in America, we talk about churches um, in, in Europe and, and around the world, Lots of church buildings being turned into things other than churches because the churches, um, the people are no longer there. My sister was in Oxford, Mississippi for an event this past weekend, and she said there was a, you know, just this beautiful, beautiful church on the square. And she thought, oh, I'd like to go in and I'd like to see that. But it was all locked up and there was no one there. And she thought, well, we'll go on Sunday morning. It was locked up and no one was there on Sunday morning. Um, and we're talking about the Bible Belt of Mississippi. Um, there was once a pastor there. Let's talk about stress that pastors are experiencing. It is Pastor Appreciation Month, and I was thinking, Mark, you would be a good person to reflect you know, on all of these storylines with us. Well, it is sad. You know, I've experienced that myself. I visited England a few years ago and stayed in this wonderful uh, community about 30 miles north of London, and same thing, beautiful little church in this community, but had been transformed into a library because uh, the congregation was no longer active and uh, sad in some ways. But at the same time, you know, the, the calling of God upon the church is not to build buildings or to own property so much as it is to build people, to build disciples. And so buildings are a function of that, but sometimes uh, there are valid reasons. Sometimes there are disappointing reasons uh, when there's no longer a, a congregation of people that want to participate in a local area but it does point to the reality that we need good churches and good churches require strong healthy leaders and especially in the last two or three years it's become really challenging for everyone let me just pause and say that pastors are not singled out all of us have had a really hard time through uh the season that we've gone through with covid and with uh, strong partisan politics and with other civil unrest issues, been a lot of disruption. And so we're all very fatigued and we're all in need of showing grace to each other. Um, but we, we lack sometimes the energy and the resolve and the, and the joy that we need to do that. I'm glad that there's a season set out in the month of October to honor and recognize pastors. The book of 
First Thessalonians and several places other in the Bible also point to the need to recognize the gift of pastoral leadership and to honor that and to specifically take some actions to demonstrate encouragement because love is always an action. Encouragement is always an action more than just a thought. So um, give us some ideas. Like, right, I think that sometimes people just need, um, you know, they need us to pull the bus up in front in front of the door and say, get on, let's go. This is, this is the way that it is done. So having right. served many years as a pastor, give us some very tangible ideas of how we can appropriately show genuine appreciation for our pastors? Well, I think there's several levels. You know, for an individual member of congregation, I think writing a note uh, is always a very important and helpful thing. Committing to praying for your pastor at least once a week, if not every day at a specific time and place. Uh, Showing your appreciation to him by, you know, taking him to dinner or to lunch. Finding out what's important to him, you know, does he um, does he like to do certain activities that you could help him with, whether that's, you know, sending him for a round of golf or um, some other activity that he might like to do. Um, but really having uh, time with his people in a, you know, a non uh, a non agenda meeting, just just a time of fellowship is really important on a larger scale. I think church leaders can really say, you know, how can we help our pastor by giving him some extra time off? Can we send him to a spiritual retreat that is intended to renew and encourage him and perhaps his spouse or uh, even his whole family? Uh, Many pastors don't have enough opportunity to get away and to decompress from the very, very significant uh, weight of caring for a congregation. And you pick up that weight over time as you care for people and you just don't even realize what you're carrying around. Yeah, it's uh, it's not like the freshman 15, but it is, um, I mean, you know, a lot of us gained weight over COVID and the weight of carrying the burdens of congregations um, has gotten heavier as well. So let's be praying for pastors under stress of all varieties and let's be um, let's be honoring them and loving them, showing our appreciation for them in very, very tangible ways. We want to be doing that here at Faith Radio. And so if you haven't done so already, log on to MyFaithRadio.com and share with us your pastor's name. We are going to tangibly bless each and every pastor whose, uh, whose, you know, name is shared with us during this month of October. So help us um, show appreciation for your pastor at MyFaithRadio.com. We're going to continue our conversation with Mark Terman in just a moment. Um. So tomorrow marks the 50th anniversary of a plane crash in the Andes. You probably know about this through the movie Alive. My guess is you haven't thought recently about what you would do um, if you were in a grim and dire circumstance. But would you eat your friends? I mean, that is a real question. Um, And so we're going to talk about it next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, 
Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Well, I will walk by faith, well, even when I cannot see. Fifty years ago tomorrow, a plane crashed um, in the Andes Mountains. The pilot uh, lost lost sense of uh, of where they were. Um, those on board the plane were not dressed uh, to be in the mountains in the winter in the Andes Mountains. They were dressed for um, rugby. So the plane was flying an amateur um, rugby team from Uruguay and some of their family members to a match in Chile. So they were not dressed for the cold. Um, and the plane crashed. The, the, the top of the plane was white. There uh, you know, were, were feet of snow on the ground. And so efforts to see the plane um, on the ground um, were you know, proved to be futile. And so on the 10th day, the survivors heard over the plane radio that the search for them had been called off. It was like 10 weeks later that um, two members of this uh, this ill-fated flight heroically um, made their way to a person living at the edge of civilization and threw a stone um, tied with a, a piece of paper and a pen across a river to um, to a peasant farmer who had fled from them the day before, thinking that they were um, terrorists or something from the mountains, uh, indicating that you know we 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 were on the plane that fell out of the sky. And, uh, and, and then they were rescued. Um, but the number of survivors was, um, was quite low by that point. These, these men are now in their late 60s and early 70s. And you're going to see reflections by some of them in the news tomorrow. And so I thought it would be helpful for us to start a conversation about this story. It is pretty grim. Um, and from what I can tell from most of the coverage, none of these people... Um, confess an active faith at this point in their lives, and that grieves me. So, Mark Terman, I thought it would be a good thing for us to reflect on today. Yeah, it's an astounding story, really, and just reading about it is, uh, it's just hor- horrifying to consider what these people went through, uh, especially in their young lives, and to lose so many uh, off of this trip is just uh, one of those tragedies that we see all too often, and really struggled to understand why these kinds of things happen and goes back to that very painful issue that we are always struggling with and that people sometimes have a really hard time with in their faith, which is why does God allow suffering uh, at any level and particularly something like this, particularly when it involves young people, uh, just really stretches our uh, our faith and, and challenges us at a very, very deep level. And like you, I'm grieved to read some of the stories. It's an amazing story of human resilience and determination, uh, just the will to survive, and that that spirit that God has put in all of us, the the spirit of life, uh, and to to try to overcome and to see people do this. in, in this story is just amazing. Um, but at one and the same time, we kind of understand why they are not speaking in in significant faith terms, but we we long that they would. And maybe if we could sit down with more of them on an individual basis, maybe we would find some of those threads um, 
but we also understand going through that kind of trauma, how it would shape pretty much everything about your life from that time on. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was one of the thoughts that I had. You know, there's a there's a conversation here about, you know, survival mode and resilience. Um, there is a conversation um, about sacrament that comes up frequently. Many of those on board um, were, you know, practicing Catholics. And so, you know, they talk about having, you know, literally like worn out the rosary over time. And eventually when they resorted to, you know, to cannibalism in order to survive, there was this conversation, um, you know, about it being sacramental. Um, but it goes on from there to, um, you know, their, their talk of experiencing, you know, hell on earth um, and wondering where God was in all of it. Um, and, when, and when we think about um, those who not only survived then, but who have moved on from there, I think there's a conversation, Mark, to be had about how we walk with people who we know have really significant trauma in their past, but we don't force them to keep reliving it. Um, we, right, we expect people to be invited to move forward into a future filled with hope. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I've experienced that as a pastor. Uh, you know, I had a family in my church that lost one of their children in an accident. And uh, I put on my calendar the day of the accident and for the next number of years made sure that I had a checkpoint with them, you know, that day or that week. And then after two or three years, the father said to me, you know, I, I, I appreciate what you're doing, but that's not the day I really want to focus on. I want to focus on his birthday. And so I shifted my attention for him and for other families in similar situations to focus on the the day of that child's birth and to celebrate, you know, the, the love and the joy and the experience that they had together and the assurance that they had that they will see their son again. They will be with him again because of their faith in Christ. And so uh, it was just an interesting lesson for me to learn a number of years ago that, uh, yes, trauma is real and sometimes unbelievable levels of trauma on a personal or group level. Um, but we need to focus more on the promises of God that overcome all that trauma. Uh, I was listening to a pastor just last night talking about the reality of war and how that may get worse before it gets better, but God has promised that he will be present with us and that there will be one day when there's no such thing as war because of the power of God and the peace that he promises to bring. Well, then maybe we should be talking about this on December the 23rd instead of October the 13th, because the plane crashed on October the 13th, but the last of the 16 survivors were rescued on the 23rd of December, 1972. Like maybe there should be a shift of focus from um, the day uh, of disaster to the day of salvation. I mean, that is a really good thought for us to consider today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Focus on where there is salvation and where there is hope and where there is new life, right? This, this has to be like an experience of rebirth for all of these survivors. We grieve those that were lost, but we are grateful for those that survived and have been able to continue to experience and develop their lives in the last 50 years. Amazing, right? Amazing, amazing stories. 
Um, Mark, as always, thank you so much. You guys uh, check out what's happening at denisonforum.org. Check out the Denison Forum podcast. That's where you can hear Mark as the co-host each and every week. Hey, thanks, brother. Great to see you. Yeah, likewise. All right, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. I'm going to be joyful. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm going to be joyful. All right, have I I told you yet today that you are loved, you are beloved, you are cherished, you're valued? Um, I genuinely appreciate the counsel of the many here, so thank you so much for those of you texting in this morning. All kinds of things. Let's be uh, be praying for Kathy, her her sweet mother, um, who goes by Mumsy. Mumsy went to be with the Lord uh, the age of 94 on Monday evening. And so, uh, you know, Mumsy is present with the Lord, but absent uh, here in this life. And so we're going to walk with Kathy during during this season of, you know, grief. Because we don't grieve as those who have no hope, but we do grieve. And so we'll be lifting that up today. I'm really thankful for Rick who, who said, hey, um, about your pup, uh, you can stop the bleeding by packing the area with white flour. It will not only, you know, like, Stop his stop her ear from bleeding, but when she licks it, it's not going to hurt her. So that is great. I'm totally doing that. Um, and then uh, a friend who just texted in, um, you know, about uh, 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 the day that their eight year old son passed away. Hard day here on earth, but rejoicing that his last breath here on earth preceded his first breath in heaven. Joyful day um, amongst the tears. Um, there are a lot of folks around us each and every day um, for whom, you know, for whom the day is uh, is a strange day of grief. Um, and so let's be mindful to tend gently to one another today. You and I don't always know um, the history of every person that we spend time with, right? We don't know where they were 50 years ago, um, and we don't know where they were 15 minutes ago. Um, and we don't really know what they're enduring. And so let's be walking carefully and gently today with one another. Let's be recognizing that um, there's grief to be observed, even if it's decades um, old. And let's be the people who bring hope, fresh hope today, into each and every conversation and encounter. we got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.